It's episode 554 of the podcast devoted to the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear. It's Monster Kid Radio. I'm your writer, host, producer, Derek M. Cook. I'd like to welcome you to the show with a little bit of music like we always do here on the podcast. And the song that we're playing this week on the show for the final episode of 2021 is the same song that we played at the beginning of the year for the first episode of 2021. The song is called Varla O Varla. It's from the band Jay Poison and the Bat People from their album Terror of the Bat People. You can find it at jpoisonandthebatpeople.bandcamp.com. Of course, you can always just follow the link in the show notes over at monsterkidradio.net when you're done listening to this episode of the show. So, this year has been, well, a year. There's been a lot that's gone on in 2021, and I want to talk about it. I want to do kind of a, a look back at what 2021 brought me, brought Monster Kid Radio, maybe brought you. I even have a little bit of a contribution from Mark Matsky, in addition to his awesome Beta Capsule review, reflecting on something that was kind of cool that happened last year, or I guess this year. It's, it's still this year, right? Happened in 2021. <laughs> so we've got that coming up. And then we're going to talk about that. I got a little bit of feedback, an email that I got I want to go over real quick as well. And of course, we've got Kenny's look at Famous Monsters of Filmland. I feel like this is the shortest introduction I've ever done. It only took me like 550-something episodes to be able to get it nice and short and, you know, to the point. And, of course, if I point it out and talk about it longer, it's just going to make the introduction go on and on and fill up more. You know what? Let's just get to it. Space is a picture that you'll long remember for its blending of science and fiction, for its eerie terror, and for its story of an invasion from another planet that's almost beyond imagining. I tell you, from its size and its appearance, this thing came from outer space. I even have reason to believe that there's some form of life in it. What do you want? What are you doing? Let me see you as you really are. merchant vessel Petrox Explorer has just set sail from the port of Surabaya in search of oil. What they find will shock the world. We may be sailing into the history books. She's alive! You know, maybe my luck has changed. They will discover an uncharted island that is the home of the most incredible creature on the face of the earth. called Kong. Dino De Laurentiis presents the most exciting original motion picture event of all time. Kong. 
Live from the Land of Light in Nebula M78, home of the mighty Ultra Heroes, it's Monster Kid Radio's Beta Capsule Review. Episode 37 of Ultraman features the return of a little hero, the friendly monster Pigman, who appears in a Ginza department store. Naturally, the Science Patrol is contacted, and as they're reunited with their resurrected kaiju pal, they notice he keeps babbling in an agitated state. No one can understand him, so he's taken to Professor Gonda, who has worked on the language of dolphins, to see if he can translate monster speech. Meanwhile, Ide is slacking in his normal duties and reveals to Hayata that he feels as if the Science Patrol's efforts don't amount to much. However, it is his translator device that enables them to decipher Pigman's chilling warning. Chief Monster Garanaman is raising 60 kaiju from the dead for the purpose of exacting revenge upon the SSSP. Not realizing that Pigman would inform the Science Patrol, Garanaman has started raising monsters, including Dorico and Telestan. The Science Patrol meets the kaiju threat head-on, but when threatened by Dorico, Ide falters, waiting around for Ultraman to intervene, and his hesitation has grave consequences for Pigman. After a tough love confrontation with Hayata, Ide rallies, producing his new invention, the Spark 8 gun, which proves highly effective. And when Garanaman proves to be a problematic opponent for Ultraman, it's Ide who must rise to the occasion in the brave spirit of the science special search party. A little hero begins on a high note with the surprise reappearance of Pigman, but the monster's goofy cuteness balances out the dark feelings of Ide and the imminent catastrophe of 60 monsters seeking vengeance. This is actor Masanari Nihei's episode, All the Way. We're used to his E-Day as the jester of the Science Patrol, so it is downright disconcerting to see him so dejected. Nihei hits all the right notes to make E-Day's crisis of purpose feel believable. And make sure to watch closely during the opening scene in the Ginza toy department. It offers a tantalizing glimpse into the marketing prowess of Subaraya Productions, as a huge variety of Ultraman toys and figures can be seen lining the shelves, setting up a majorly meta moment when Pigman reacts to an action figure of himself. For Monster Kid Radio's Beta Capsule Review, this is Mark Matsky reporting. Seven young people shipwrecked on a mysterious island. The island was deserted. Not even birds or animals dared to come here. What did they find? Hey! Hey! Seaweed, fish, and turtle's eggs. Anything we can eat, as well as snakes and lizards. Just let me finish. There's a lot of grass growing around here. You can eat the roots. You can eat the roots of a lot of plants here. You never thought of that, did you? They were driven to the edge of starvation. Food was scarce, and they were forbidden to eat the mushrooms that grew on the island. Fear and hunger turned them against each other. I'll kill you. But Tango will help me live. I haven't been hungry since I left the ship. Maybe. Oh, help me. Help me. Please. Can't we eat the mushrooms now? That would really be the end of us. Akiko!
Matongo, the horrible mushrooms. Matongo, the vegetable monster. Can they escape the dreaded Matongo? You'll find out when you see Matongo. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Richard Carlson. If I look somewhat older and more drawn than I have in my recent pictures, it's because of the harrowing experiences I've been having here in The Maze. The Maze is the first picture in three dimension that delves into the weird and terrifying world of the supernatural. If you're familiar with the exciting effects that can be achieved with 3D, you can imagine what happens when something from the great beyond reaches right out of the screen to clutch at you. Oh, and one more thing. After you've seen the maze, please don't reveal to your friends the secret of its story or its startling climax. Because, you see, we think the maze will amaze you. Dr. Lee Cushing. Welcome to my Chamber of Horrors. Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors is a monster rally novel in the tradition of the classic Universal and Hammer horror film. It's written by Stephen D. Sullivan, the award-winning author of White Zombie, Daikaiju Attack, Manos the Hands of Fate, and one of the creators of the original chill role-playing game. This book recreates the thrills of the classic monster versus monster film. We've got vampires, werewolves, mummies, psychic twins, scheming madmen, and plenty of unexpected chills. Now you can get Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors in print, or for Kindle at Amazon.com and other fine retailers. Coming soon in other ebook formats. Find out more at CushingHorrors.com or SDSullivan.com, and support Steve's work through Patreon at HeySteve.com. I do hope you've enjoyed your visit. Please come again, and remember, the chamber is always waiting for its next victim. Okay, so we have an email that came in from Tom Garganis from Go Forth and Game. Now, Tom's been on the show. He's a friend of the show. He's a friend of mine, and he wanted to send in some feedback. So here is the email. Hey, man, how are you? I wanted to give you some quick feedback on the last few shows. These are the damned. I really liked this movie. Okay, so this was one of the movies that was covered when I wasn't here, when it was uh, the show was being guest hosted by Steve Turek. So anyway, to the email. These are the damned. I really liked this movie. I remember seeing it a long time ago on a Saturday afternoon. I don't think I appreciated it that much back then. To my younger self, it was on the slow side. But I watched it earlier this year, and I like it quite a bit. These early Hammer science fiction films are pretty amazing. They have a feeling that grounds them and adds verisimilitude. This one, the first two Quatermass films, XE Unknown and then Village of the Damned, which, you know, isn't a Hammer film, but still, are all favorites of mine. I'll stop and watch any of these if I'm channel surfing. The coverage by Rich and Steve was top-notch and fun. And this film came out in 1963, which is the best year ever. I think I know why he said that. Anyway, uh, you're right. The science fiction done by Hammer, solid stuff, man. I will watch that stuff anytime, and I love all three Quatermass films. I know that I go in pretty hard on the first two Quatermass. I love the third one, too. Don't get me wrong. I just really like the other two as well. Okay. Talks about the Gamma People. I'd not seen this one until a few months ago. I immediately put it on my possible MKR movies list. I was impressed with it. I went in not expecting much, but was very pleasantly surprised. It had a nice build-up, and the story and acting were strong. I agree that the comedic aspects really helped build the men's relationship. I appreciate a good Cold War undercurrent in a movie, and this one did not disappoint. It also has a leftover Nazi experiments vibe that I also like. It was a nice find. And I agree. This was my first episode back with Steve Turek uh, as the guest that time around. And it was a nice find. A very pleasant surprise. And so far, Steve and I have been just really uh, just doing a bet in a thousand. Is that the sports term? Uh, we're doing well. Our average is good. Our track record, it's all sports terms again. Um, 
Steve and I have not found a stinker yet when we do the sight unseen movies. He continues, Invaders from Mars, a classic and for a reason. Y'all did a great job covering it. I did not know it came out before Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Wow. Thank you for pointing out the, from David's point of view, in the set design. I had not picked up on that until it was mentioned. And also, you're mentioning of the music, of course, and how it fits so well. Well, of course I'm going to mention the music. Of course I am. And yeah, especially that police station set. Oh, it's so good. So good. The production design in this movie is so great. The last episode that we did talked about The Sixth Sense with Steve Sullivan. Tom is watching that as well. I'm in the middle of The Sixth Sense with Steve. It's making me want to hunt this series down. I'm slowly working in as many 70s horror and sci-fi movies and shows as I can. I recently picked up The Night Strangler. I love everything about that movie. The cast really hit the Kolchak feel with it. Of course, solid acting and everything, plus the underground set is amazing. Don't know if you've covered it on the show, but if you haven't or want to revisit... Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, someday, someday. <laughs> uh, I love The Sixth Sense. It's so good. Uh, one of my favorite shows. I will go back and rewatch it just because I, I love it so much. It's something that I wish it did last longer. But... Because it is only two short seasons, I'm able to have it in my collection easily and just can enjoy it that way without feeling overwhelmed. It's just so good. It's just so good. It wraps up by saying, I also wanted you to know that I really enjoy the Monster Kid Cliffhanger Club. I've been able to see some serials that I would not have had opportunity to otherwise and have discovered some that I must own. The Tiger Woman and Spy Smasher at the top of the list. Thanks again for all you do for us Monster Kids. Keep it scary. Tom, I have loved turning Monster Kid Astronomy Club into Monster Kid Cliffhanger Club. I imagine it's probably going to get switched back at some point. But for now, we're doing serials on Tuesday over on Twitch at twitch.tv slash monsterkidradio. 3.30 p.m. is when the pre-show starts. And then around 4 o'clock, we start the serials. And the way we normally do it is I will take a full serial and do the first half of it. And then the first half of another serial one week and then the following week do the last half or the latter half of each one so we take two weeks to get through two full serials this happens in pacific time by the way everything's pacific time because that's where i'm at so 3 30 p.m pacific 4 p.m pacific for the movies come and join us it's just a blast and we've got a community build up in the chat room have a good time talking about the movies as we're watching them and just catching up and checking in with each other. It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for writing in, Tom. I appreciate you, man. I really do. I appreciate all of your support over the years here at Monster Kid Radio. You can call and leave a voicemail for Monster Kid Radio at 503-810-5MKR. That's 503-810-5657. Or you can send an email to the podcast. MonsterKidRadio at gmail.com is the email address. That's MonsterKidRadio at gmail.com. You'll get those hysterical, hilarious horrors when you join those Bowery boys as overnight guests in a mansion of merry maniacs. We just want your heads. Well, oh, well, if you said that in the foot. Our heads? Uncle Anton, the scientific stoop. Would you like a high cut or a low cut, sir? Oh, I'd like a low cut. Uncle Derek, the medical madman. What is it you're trying to say? Help! Cousin Francine, the fluff with the stuff. I mean business. Aunt Amelia, who's no camellia. The butler Grisson, he's gruesome. The family tree, a man-eating honeysuckle. Boy, oh boy, I feel just like a space cadet. This will register his brain potential. <laughs> My friend here has a vacuum-packed head. The Bowery Boys get the heebies, the jeebies, the willies, and the shakes, while you get the laughs of the year. Gentlemen, I have a suggestion. 
do think I'm a freak, don't you? But you know, to me, you're the freak. The one who's different. I'm not growing. You're shrinking. <laughs> he started as a normal human being. But now, each day, he doubles in size. Where will it stop? The amazing, colossal man. Colonel, he's been reported in Las Vegas. Impossible. How can he walk 120 miles in only an hour? Impossible? Not when you're 60 feet tall. The amazing, colossal man. Hey, Derek, when you mentioned in your email that you were going to do a kind of look back at 2021 episode, I wanted to chime in with something. But before I do that, I just wanted to say thank you for allowing me to be a part of Monster Kid Radio it is something that brings me a lot of joy to know that we're getting Ultraman out there uh, to your listeners. It's been really gratifying to hear a handful of people say that they have you know, checked Ultraman out uh, in part because of what they've heard on Monster Kid Radio, and that just makes me really happy to know that that's going on. And this is a great time to be an Ultraman fan, of course, because of uh, Mill Creek's deal with Subaraya Productions. They've been cranking out the series in both Blu-ray and DVD formats for North American audiences, which has meant uh, this 2021 year has been a, a bumper crop of Ultraman series, including some of my favorites from the 90s and going into the 2000s, uh, such as uh, Ultraman Tiga, Ultraman Dyna, and Ultraman Gaia, as well as uh, the modern Ultraman Zero and uh, some of those specials that have to do with that. Uh, Ultraman Jeed, of course, was one of the first that came out in the new wave of Mill Creek releases. So it's just been a really great year. In addition to uh, Subaraya Productions' presence on YouTube, putting new series out there as they happen, which is a development that I never saw coming. So you've got Ultraman Trigger uh, coming to its end here soon. Just a just a treasure trove of Ultraman product that's out there. Uh, so again, thanks for letting me be a part of that and to bring that to Monster Kid Radio. It's a blast. I look forward to it every week. Hey, before Mark gets into the rest of this, I wanted to interject. I wanted to say, Mark, thank you for pushing me to do this. I mean, it wasn't aggressive. I mean, just kind of bringing it up, but... I am kind of a control freak when it comes to a lot of this stuff, uh, especially when it comes to audio. I just am. I, I'm trying real hard to let go because I, I know if I let go, I can get more done and get more people involved and it's better for it and that sort of thing. But it, it really was a struggle for me. And when you approached me about doing this, I taught myself to let go and let somebody else contribute. And it's one of the best decisions I've made regarding Monster Kid Radio. Same thing with having Kenny's segment or back when Professor Green used to do stuff for the show or Dr. Tongue. Just anytime somebody contributes something to the show, I always have that, that minor, like, uh-oh, uh, 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 but it's my show. But I'm so glad that I get over that because it makes the show so much better. Plus, you know, I get to have my friends involved in my show, and that's that's fun, too. And like you said, Ultraman, man, it's been such a good year for Ultraman. Mill Creek is just, I mean, before money really became a thing for me lately, they were killing my wallet because of all the Ultraman stuff they were putting out. I think I've fallen behind in terms of keeping up with what they're releasing, plus I'm, I'm guessing, and, and maybe you're the guy to ask about this, Mark, because I haven't investigated this too closely. Some of the more uh, recent releases from Mill Creek are going straight to DVD only, not Blu-ray. And I'm guessing that's because they weren't able to find or there didn't exist an HD uh, transfer or copy of the uh, original source material that the prints didn't hold up well enough. So they just could only do DVD instead of Blu-ray. Is that true? Is that your experience? Uh, I'm real curious. Um, and, you know, also, next year, we have to do that Ultraman, Ultra Kaiju episode. Gotta have you on for that, Mark. We have to. All right, let's get back to the rest of his voicemail. 
Now, what I wanted to talk to you about as far as 2021 is concerned is something that happened right at the end of the year in December. It was the release of a book called Behind the Kaiju Curtain, A Journey Onto Japan's Biggest Film Sets. And it was written by Norman England with foreword by director Shusuke Kaneko and author Ed Godzieszewski. This book was uh, published by Awai Books, A-W-A-I, and it's available through their website as well as on Amazon. So if you uh, click the links for Monster Kid Radio and order the book, I'm sure that would be helpful. But this book is absolutely phenomenal. It is a kaiju kid's dream come true because what Norman England does is he shares his journal entries during his time that he spent in Tokyo on the sets of the kaiju films, beginning with Gamera 3, and then including Godzilla 2000, Godzilla vs. Megaguirus, and then ultimately Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters All Out Attack. And it's utterly fascinating because what uh, Norman England does is he's there initially for a couple of reasons, one of which is as a writer for Fangoria, covering the uh, new wave of Godzilla films and Gamera films. And that enables him to strike up a relationship with director Shusuke Kaneko, who directed Gamera 3 and also Godzilla Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters All Out Attack. And so he has a true insider's perspective on these movies being made. He was invited onto the sets. He was invited to participate in scenes like Running Away from Kaiju, which is uh, every giant monster movie's uh, kid's dream come true. And then it all leads up to his uh, most unique invitation to climb inside a real Godzilla suit on the lot of Toho. And along the way, he just emerges as a really winsome, hilarious, funny storyteller. And it also is an incredible glimpse into Japanese culture and specifically Japanese movie-making culture, which is uh, very specific, very um, specialized, and... England does that with a lot of candor and a lot of, I think, gentle humor would be the best way to say it. As someone who is a fish out of water to begin with, uh, what this shows, among other things, is how a love for these movies and the way that they're made, the care with which they are, are created, really does bring cultures together and brings people together uh, from diverse backgrounds which is something I think all monster movie fans know at a very deep place. So I just wanted to highly recommend Behind the Kaiju Curtain, released in December of 2021. It's a true gift to Godzilla and Gamera and all monster movie fans because it gives you an unfiltered, a very, very vivid picture of how these beloved films actually get made. So once again, thanks for letting me be a part of the Monster Kid Radio family, and I'm looking forward to more Ultraman goodness and Ultra 7 goodness uh, in 2022. That's right. We've got Ultra 7 on the way, which is super cool. I know I talk about Ultraman 80 being my favorite Ultraman, and, and it, it really is my favorite. I love the original as well, and then if you look at the more recent stuff, I like some of the, But Ultra 7 has a very special place in my heart, and I don't know why, but there's just something super cool about Ultra 7. So we've got that coming. Mark, I can't wait. Dude, that sounds awesome. Also, I didn't know anything about this book. When you sent this segment in, I immediately went and looked it up. Behind the Kaiju Curtain, A Journey Onto Japan's Biggest Film Sets, just came out in November. I'm going to put it on my Amazon wish list, if nothing else, because this looks amazing, especially since a lot of the resource material out there, it's not something I can get access to or could comprehend. 
I don't speak and or read Japanese. And I know it's getting better. I know that over the years, through the work of people like, well, you or Kyle over the Kaiju cast or any of these other Kaiju podcasters or, or authors or whatever, they've done a really good job of helping to keep the love of this stuff going here stateside in English. But if you want to go to this books, if you want to go to the source, it's really tough. So I'm really excited to check this book out. Like I said, I'm going to throw it on the Amazon wish list. And like Mark said, there will be a link in the show notes for you to pick it up yourself. And if you do, well, you help us out here at Monster Kid Radio as well, which is super important as we go into the new year. Once again, Mark, thank you for everything that you've done. Uh, I wish we lived closer together because you're the guy that I'd be taking out to coffee to talk about mon- giant monster movies with like every other week. So, you know, may- maybe it's a good thing we don't live anywhere near each other because we never get anything done. Anyway, Mark, thanks again, man. I really appreciate you. The wedge of ocean that has terrified man for centuries. How is it related to the mysterious forces of nature that sweep through it? Why do some who fly over it report a strange green haze and bizarre magnetic effects while others simply vanish? And how can these forces affect you? Learn the incredible answers in a new motion picture, The Bermuda Triangle, rated G. Starts Wednesday in theaters and drive-ins throughout Southern California for one week only. Check your newspaper for a theater near you. Welcome to an evening with Karloff, the master of menace in five fright-filled features. Watch breathlessly as the coffin opens to release the terror duck. <laughs> it's only a gallon bowls, the raven. Join Boris Karloff. In the most gruesome day of the undead, Black Sabbath. And there are two more blood-chilling delights. Die, monster, die. And who knows? You may die. Laughing at the comedy of terrors. Five of Carlos' creepiest capers in nightmare colors. And you are invited. Hello there, Monster Kid Radioheads. This is Kenny with a look at Famous Monsters of Filmland. Today we are going to continue our series, Famous Monsters, Low-Tech Social Media, by taking a look at the Famous Monsters Fan Club. It was first presented in Issue 2 from September of 1958 with this write-up. Here's how you can become a Vice President of the all-new Famous Monster Club. Monsters of the World Unite. Join the only club in the world of the monsters, for the monsters, by the monsters. Here's your chance to enroll for a lifetime, even if you live to be a thousand, in the original Famous Monsters Club, sponsored by this magazine. All new members will receive the following. Membership card, wallet size, identifying you as a vice president in good creeping with International Monsters Unlimited better known simply as the Famous Monsters Club. Space to sign your name is provided on the card. Membership badge, a brilliantly colored badge, will immediately tell the world that you are a member of the Famous Monsters Club, with the title of Vice President boldly printed on the badge. Membership certificate, suitable for hanging in your bedroom, cave, or den, proclaiming your official membership Certificate lists all the benefits to which you are entitled as a Vice President of the Famous Monsters Club. The entire cost of joining the Famous Monsters Club is only 75 cents, and this brings you your membership card, official badge, and certificate. Members may find pen pals among other members through our pages. Each issue will have a Monster Pen Pal page. Members may also seek or offer items for trade, such as monster photos, mad magazines, eerie comics, homemade drawings, etc. Five free lines of ads per member. Join today. Don't delay. Rush your 75 cents before midnight together with the application. In issue 3 from April of 1959, a new feature dedicated to the club appeared. Let's hear a sample of that. With this issue of Famous Monsters, we are proud to present for the first time in the history of publishing a complete section devoted exclusively to monster lovers everywhere, and especially to the many members of the famous Monsters Club. Each issue we hope to enlighten club vice presidents in California about the activities of vice presidents in New York, Illinois, Ohio, New Jersey, etc. 
We will present items about monsters and monster lovers over the world, including Transylvania, of course. Please feel free to comment about this new section, O oh Lover of Monsters. It's dedicated to you. From South Bend, Indiana, member in ghoul standing, Paul, has much to say about his activities as a monster VP, being called Spooks. He lives up to his name by telling his fellow members horror stories at Boy Scout meetings. So that's what they do at the meetings? We thought they learned how to help old werewolves cross streets. Reports from Rockaway Beach, New York, tell us that a 15-year-old Don Itkin would like to correspond with a girl ghoul. Vice President Klaus Unabon of Germany writes that FM is very popular overseas and wishes a happy Monster Day to all his American Monster Club members. One of the main purposes of the club was to get your name in a famous Monsters magazine. In issue 3 from April of 1959, we see listed the first club members. There were 338 club members listed from 36 of the 50 states with New York generating the most fans. I read through their names and did not see anyone familiar. I wonder where they are now. Are they still monster kids? That is all for this week's look at Famous Monsters of Filmland. We will have more soon. For MKR, this is Kenny saying adios. You know, I've long wondered, looking at these older magazines, at the letters columns or these fan club listings, just like Kenny asked, are they still monster kids? What happened to them? Did any of them go on to make monster movies? Did any of them get into the industry? Did any of them become authors and, and do something with magazines or literature? I would just love to know. I would love to know. Years ago, I thought it'd be interesting to track those kinds of things in a little YouTube series. I never did it. Uh, it became pretty overwhelming, and uh, I just let it die on the vine. I didn't want to spend too much time with it once I realized how long it would take, which is actually something that I'm thinking a lot about this year, which I'm going to talk a little bit about here in a moment. But before I get to that, let me ask you, would you be interested in a Monster Kid Radio fan club or like a, a fan kit, that sort of thing? I thought about putting something together over the years, some sort of membership kit that would come with like a membership card and who knows what else, but something to show that you're a fan club member of Monster Kid Radio. It'd be separate and different than the Patreon thing or any of the donations. It would be an actual physical product that you could purchase if I did something like that. Is that something you'd be interested in? And if it is, what kind of things would you want to see in a Monster Kid Radio fan club kit? Let me know. Okay, I want to talk about 2021. I don't have anything real solid written down. I've got a few bullet points, but that's about it. So this is going to be a little bit more freeform than normal and might even end up being a shorter episode overall because of that. But it is the end of the year. It is New Year's. So, you know, we'll just call it a holiday. I, I don't know where I'm going with that. See, that's what I'm saying. I'm not even going to cut any of that out because I don't know where I'm going with that. What I do want to talk about, though, just real quick, uh, briefly, not because he doesn't deserve more time, but because, well, I don't think he would want us to get too maudlin here on the show. When I was going in to double check to see what song played in the first episode of 2021, I saw in the show notes the comment about what was coming next. And the next episode after that, the second episode of 2021, episode 506, was coverage about the movie The Bamboo Saucer with our friend Tim Durbin. And I just want to give the man another moment of silence out of respect. Tim, we miss you, man. We miss you. You know, it's tough. I know the kinds of movies that we talk about and celebrate here on Monster Kid Radio, they're older movies, and therefore the people that were involved in those movies either aren't here anymore or we do lose them as time goes by, just because that's how age works. But Tim was one of us. Tim was a fan. He was one of us. He contributed to Monster Kid Radio. He contributed to Gooey Films, Joshua Kennedy's projects. He contributed to so much. He had his own blogs. He provided Monster Kid Radio. He provided me with this huge master list of movies, breaking it down by year, studio, director, genre, whether it was a sound or silent film, that sort of thing. And it was massive. 
I don't know if he just found a way to export that data from the Internet Movie Database and then make it look really pretty and compile everything or what he did, but it was amazing. And then he did it a second time. He's like, here, here's an update. I'm like, dude, this was already complete as far as, wow. I still have that file on my computer. I call it the Durbin file. It's how it's saved on my desktop because I do reference it quite a bit. And, you know, Tim was just one of the good guys, man. He's one of us. So, Tim, I miss you, man. I know that you're missed. Let's talk about some of the other things that happened in 2021. Now, I don't want to get too much into the whole COVID thing or, or politics or, you know, anything like that. I don't want to get into anything too hot buttony because that's not why you're here. You're here because we love monster movies and they kind of bring us all together, you know? So I want to talk about that experience. And I have to say that one of my absolute favorite memories of 2021 was going to see Godzilla versus Kong. And the reason it was so special to me is because I got to see it in the theater. I went to go see it in a theater. It was the first time I had seen a movie in a long time in a movie theater. What a triumphant way to return to a theater. Yeah, I wore my mask and there weren't that many people there. And the time that we went, we made sure it wasn't going to be super packed. And yeah, that's fine. It was still in a theater. It was bigger than life. It was amazing. Is it my favorite of the legendary Kaiju Godzilla King Kong films? No, it's not. But it's probably my favorite experience because it had that rush of being back in a movie theater watching giant monsters go to town on each other. It was pretty special. Plus, I got to see it with friend of the show, Jeff Polair. So that was fun, too. That made it even more special then as well. So King Kong, Godzilla, big screen. Oh, man. Now, I've gone and seen a few movies since at the theater. I think most recently was the new Spider-Man movie. Before that, it was the Ghostbusters movie. But I haven't been a regular attendee at various events or festivals. I skipped the Lovecraft Film Festival again this year for that very reason. I just don't feel safe because of my own health issues. Uh, I'm an asthmatic. I'm overweight. I'm diabetic. I've got enough things against me that if I were to catch anything, it might be harder for me to get through it. And I just want to put myself in that position. So whenever I go to see these movies, I try to do it when there aren't that many people there. And I know that they're keeping in place all the different safety protocols. For that same reason, I did not go to any conventions last year and or this year. And that includes Monster Bash. However, Monster Bash did come back, and from what I understand, it went really well. I haven't heard about any cases. You know, I said at the top of this I wasn't going to talk about COVID. Moving on. I understand that the people that went to Monster Bash had a really good time. And I am so glad that we saw the triumphant return of various horror conventions, especially Monster Bash. They made it through they're here. We can celebrate them. We have our conventions to go to now. I don't know what 2022 is going to bring. I know that I've been, been invited as a guest to a couple of things coming up. We'll see what happens there. But Monster Bash, I got to live vicariously through the pictures that people like Steve Turek put up online just to see everybody smiling and having a good time celebrating monsters, the monster movies. What we love. And that's fantastic. I'm so glad that Ron and the Monster Bash family were able to put on a show. And speaking of shows, let's talk about Monster Kid Radio for a little bit. Here's what I'm looking at. I went through and I downloaded all the stats for 2021. I looked at all of my download numbers. And as of this recording, episodes of Monster Kid Radio in 2021 have been downloaded a total of 45,363 times. That is only for the episodes that were released this year. I don't know what the grand total is. I'm just looking at 2021 right now. But that, to me, is amazing, and it blows my monster-loving mind that this happened. Over 40,000 downloads. And, of course, some of the older episodes are going to have more downloads than the newer episodes. That's just kind of how it works, as they've been there longer, that sort of thing. And I suppose I could go through and do some of the hard math to figure out how long an episode was out versus the number of downloads. Loads 
and you know where that puts it really in terms of his popularity. I don't want to figure that out. That's a lot of work. I want to spend that extra time watching monster movies and thanking everybody who's downloaded Monster Kid Radio. I appreciate that. That's just a lot. And it means a lot to know that I've got you caring enough about what I'm doing with everybody here. And just, just man, it's so fantastic that you're here doing Yeah, You know what? Pat yourself on the back. Can you pat yourself on the back? Can you do that? I, I mean, I can kind of do it, but I'm not that flexible. So if you can do it, or maybe get, some, get a buddy to pat you on the back, because you deserve a pat on the back. It's pretty spectacular that we have been able to build this community the way that we have. Now, this isn't for just 2021. This is for the entire lifespan of Monster Kid Radio, from what I can gather, from what I'm looking at here at the stats. And I think it's okay to assume, because you'd be right, that most of the downloads for Monster Kid Radio happened here in the U.S. However, uh, we had downloads in Canada, the U.K., Australia, New Zealand, Japan, Brazil. We had downloads in Brazil. I don't know why, but you know what? Hello, if you're in Brazil and listening to Monster Kid Radio, welcome to the club. Uh, we had just a few downloads, like one download a piece in places like Haiti or Bulgaria or Israel. I'd like to think these are individual downloads from actual people as opposed to a bot or something like that. Although the downloads that we had from the Russian Federation probably were bots. Just, just thinking. You know, we had downloads down in Mexico because we got Kenny down in Mexico. Of course, we got some Mexico downloads. And I think that's pretty darn cool, too. So we really do have a community that goes around the world because monster movies, mo these monster movies, these monster kid flame. Because monster movies, man, they are a worldwide thing. You know, we're talking about that book that Mark was talking about earlier, about the Japanese uh, movie-making styles. I can't wait to read that book, guys. Oh, man. I can't wait to read that book, gang. Oh, man, I really can't wait. Mm. Anyway, um, <laughs> I just love that there's a love for these types of things all around the world. I keep track of all the movies that I watch, or at least I try to. I suspect that I fell off a little bit this year with everything that went on for me in 2021, but I know that I watched at least 160 movies this year, according to my calculations, according to the Google spreadsheet that I keep. And of that 160, 123 of them, 77% of them were feature-length films. The remaining 23% were short films, probably something I streamed off of YouTube or something along those lines. I did watch most of my movies streaming this year. I only watched one DVD according to this list here. Now, I don't keep track of the movies that are part of the stream because I don't actively watch those with you during the stream, during the Monster Kid Movie Club. But still... I feel like I'm missing some movies here because absolutely no way. I only watched 10 classic horror movies this year. Only four classic sci-fi and one classic thriller? That doesn't make sense. So I know I watched more than that. I had to have. Although I typically use 1968 as my cutoff for classic and contemporary. So if it was something that came out in 1969 or 70, I would have ended up in the non-classic category. So maybe that's where it's kind of broken down. I don't know. This just seems really odd to me that I only have 10 classic horror movies on my list, but I know I watched a lot and a lot of them were first time watches. According to my list here, again, 82% of them, 131 movies this year were first time watches for me. Which ones of those were the classic horror movies? I don't know. I didn't keep that close of attention. I didn't keep that kind of track. I wasn't that OCD about it. But still, that's a pretty good haul. Something else I keep track of on my master list of all my media consumption is how long the movies are because I want to depress myself by telling myself how much time I spent in front of a screen this past year. And it was over 12,000 minutes doing the math. It was... 202.53333 hours of movie watching this year. So maybe I didn't miss anything. I'm going to tell myself I didn't miss anything. I'm going to tell myself that, yeah, that, that's all I watched. There's nothing I missed because well, that's a lot of time in front of a screen. Granted, I love it, but still, wow. <laughs> wow.
I did just throw a word out there that I'm trying real hard not to use flippantly. I'm going to depress myself, I think is what I said. And depress, depression, I suffer from it. Mental health is real. And I'm going to get personal now and talk a little bit about what happened with me this year. I've been treated for mental health, for depression, for years now. And it's one of the best decisions I ever made when I finally decided to go talk to a doctor. I was a very angry person and took that anger out on people close to me, and it was irrational. And I am so glad that I got the help that I needed. That said, there are still times when it gets pretty bad, and I get either really angry at somebody or more often than not at myself. And I really dipped a little bit this year. Um, a lot of it was situational. I feel like I've come out on the other side stronger. I've come out on the other side maybe even a little bit more aware and just overall better than I was before. Unfortunately, I let it impact how I interacted with some people that have contributed to Monster Kid Radio in the past, and I, I no longer can consider them friends because of what I did and how that kind of went back and forth and, and just, I'm not even bringing this up because I want to do speculation or start talking drama. Cause that's not the point. The point is if you're still here, thank you. That's what I'm getting at. Thank you for putting up with me and how I broke down a lot this year. It was pretty bad. And, um, I feel better now. Like I said, I'm in a much better spot. Still some work to be done. But I'm in a much better spot. So thank you for bearing with me on that. If you follow me on Facebook, I've posted about it there as well. And, you know, I'm really sorry. I dropped the ball on some friendships and on some projects. There was a pretty big project that was brought to me that was going to be amazing. I wasn't going to have to do any work on it at all. It was going to be a Monster Kid Radio themed project. It was going to be edited by somebody else. It was going to be put together by somebody else. It was a book project. And I thought it was going to be awesome. And as time went on, I got more and more involved, partly because of the whole control freak thing. I talked about that earlier. And because my depression was just out of control and I was out of control, I allowed that to break down on my side. I regret that. I suspect at least one or two of you listening were going to be involved in that project. Expect an email because I think we're going to have to pull the plug on that because I just don't have the ability to pull that off at this point. I know I'm vague casting. Is that a thing? I'm being vague on purpose. But for those who know, you know that I'm sorry and I appreciate your support. I also appreciated everybody's support as I've moved. I moved from Beaverton to Vancouver. I crossed the state line. I'm no longer an Oregonian. I'm now a Washingtonian. I don't know how I feel about that yet. It does feel like it rains a lot more up here. And even though I'm only like half an hour away from where I was before. Whatever. I'm in a good spot. I am in a great apartment. Wednesday and I are almost settled in. We're, we're having a good time here. We got a little fireplace going that she just loves to hang out in front of all day. <laughs> she will sometimes come into the office and want me to go out there to turn the fire on for her. It's natural gas. So she wants me to turn it on for her. It's pretty adorable. <laughs> just, <laughs> the cat kills me, man. <laughs> She's just so adorable. So there's that. You know, we moved up to this place and eventually... We're going to see some new things happen. We're going to see the return of some projects. We've got some new projects on the horizon. I have come to the point now in my life where I feel like I can let some projects go that would have been cool, could have been cool, maybe even should have been cool. But at this point, again, going to have to let them die on the vine. And I just, I'm okay with that at this point. I, I didn't think I'd ever get to this point, but I do feel okay with it now. I'm okay with that. Also, in moving, I've learned the value of all of my stuff. What I mean by that is, I'm sitting here in my office right now, 
And while it's not totally settled in and organized the way that I want, I have up on my wall some of my lobby cards that have been stashed away in a book somewhere or in a folder somewhere for years. And now they're up on my wall. I've got one sitting down here on the desk next to me that I'm waiting for the cheap frame that I ordered to come in so that I can get that framed and put that up on the wall. It's awesome. I'm also finding, though, that there's a lot of these things that have been sitting in a box somewhere that I even forgot that I had. Why do I need all of this stuff? Which is part of the reason why I've been doing a lot of these mystery box giveaways over at the Monster Kid Movie Club stream over on Twitch. And why I've been listing a lot of things on eBay. And you can expect even more than that. I don't have to have everything. And, and you know what? Respect to you if you want to have all this stuff. I am friends with some pretty hardcore collectors of various things. And it's amazing to look at their collection whenever I visit. But in moving, I'm learning that maybe some of the stuff that I thought would give me pleasure really just gave me a sore back or sore feet when I moved them from my condo in Beaverton that was on the second floor to my apartment here in Vancouver, which is up on the third floor. So, yeah, um, I'm, I'm just becoming more appreciative of all the monster stuff in my life. Speaking of monster stuff in my life. You know I'm not going to not talk about that. I'm not going to not talk about this. You know I'm going to talk about this. And with a lead-in like that, it's obvious why I got inducted into the Monster Kid Hall of Fame, right? Okay, the Monster Kid Hall of Fame. When that was announced earlier this year, it didn't feel real. It still does not feel real to me. Wow. Um... I was inducted into the Hall of Fame alongside Stacey Ponder, who is the person behind the Final Girl blog, which is a blog that I used to read all the time. Uh, Joe Kane from Monster Times and Bob Cotter, who was the guy who was always dressed up as Kolchak at least one day during Monster Batch. He was also an expert on the Luchador films. Uh, both of those gentlemen are no longer with us, but who is still with us is Fenguli. So Rich Cause himself was inducted into the Hall of Fame alongside Stacy and Joe and Bob and myself. And it's just, it still doesn't feel real. It still doesn't feel real. Now, I don't have the actual award here at this time. And there's a reason for that. I wasn't 100% sure if I was going to go to a Monster Bash and there was talk about presenting it to me at a Monster Bash. And that, you know, did happen because I didn't go to Monster Bash. And then I was moving and I didn't know how to make sure that it would get to me if I didn't know what my address was. I have since sent them my address and I'm just waiting at this point. And I'm sure it'll happen. I'm sure I'll get it. You won't be able to take it away from me, though. It's on the website and if it's on the Internet, it's true. <laughs> uh, I get to say I'm a Hall of Famer. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if it wasn't for you. That is just... Wow. It's mind-blowing. And it's still humbling. And I'm getting goosebumps literally, and I mean that word literally, literally as I'm talking about it. In my new apartment, I have a place for it already set aside. <laughs> uh, it's going to be right next to the other Rondo that I've won, as well as the 4 from a Monster Bash and the Silver Bolo Award, as well as a few other things. Uh, just kind of celebrating what I've done as a Monster Kid person, personality. I don't know what you'd call me, but I'm going to have them all in just one spot. Not because I want to have a spot that I can look at and say, hey, look at how great I am. It's less about that, and it's more about having the collection of awards there that you have made possible for me. Because of my depression, because of everything going on in my life, sometimes it just feels way too easy to me to just say, you know what, I'll skip a week. The listeners will be okay with it. They've told me before that I need to take care of myself, and I have taken a week off but still posted something to let you know what's going on and why I'm taking a week off. There's always been something in the feed once a week. And there are times when I think I, I just, I can't do it this week. There's too much on my plate. Having those awards there reminds me 
of the support that I have. And that gives me a little bit of strength to keep going and to keep pushing through. But on the times that I can't keep going and I do need to take a break, no matter how many times I look at that Rondo award or the Forey, Steve Turek was here to have my back. What was supposed to be a one-week gig turned into a four-week, month-long gig. He hosted the show for me. I still did the intro. I still did the master edit and everything. But Steve Turek is the man. Or the Joan Rivers. You know, just a lot less plastic surgery. Um, But Steve Turek really stepped up, man. He took over the show for me and got some recordings in in addition to everything he's got going on in his life. It was just amazing. And having Turek, having my back, it meant a lot. It really did. So I've thanked him repeatedly in person. Well, as in person as I can get with him being in Maryland and me out in Washington, but you know, I've thanked him. And I just want to say that out here publicly. He's the man, you know, who else is the man? I've already talked about Mark Madsky. Of course he's the man, Kenny, Awesome work that he does with the famous Monsters of Film Land look. Scott Morris. Scott's been doing the pre-show for the Twitch stream, and I got to thank him for that, too. Maybe this episode should have come out around Thanksgiving, because I'm saying all this stuff about how thankful I am to everybody. But really, I am thankful that everybody's helped me get to this place now. Scott knocks it out of the park every time he contributes something for the pre-show, for the stream. And that's just amazing. You know, again, I had to let go, but I'm so glad I did. Because what he's done, what Mark does for the podcast, what Kenny does for the podcast, they make the show better. So I just have to keep that in mind and continue to let other people play in this pond or this Monster Kid Radio sandbox, I guess. I I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. It's getting late, and I want to get this episode out, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. I'm sure there's plenty of other things that I'm going to remember as soon as I hit publish on this week's episode. It's like, oh yeah, I should have talked about this, I should have talked about that. But, you know, this is an episode where I'm kind of taking things a little easier. It is the New Year's Eve holiday. I want to get this out to everybody. So, thank you for making 2021 as awesome as it was. Monster Kid Radio podcast listeners are the best podcast listeners in the world. That brings us to the end of this episode of Monster Kid Radio. Once again, thank you for being here. Thanks for being part of the Monster Kid Radio experience for me. If you are interested in anything we talked about on this episode of the podcast, go to monsterkidradio.net. You'll find links there to our Facebook group and our Twitter and our Discord and our Patreon, as well as our Amazon links, since we're an Amazon affiliate. If you buy anything through Amazon, please consider using those links. It helps us out. You're also going to find links to our Twitch over at twitch.tv slash monsterkidradio. This Saturday, we are showing movies. Well, the theme is vampires, bats, and the vampire bat. So come on by. 11 a.m. is the pre-show. The movies start at noon Pacific time. So come over for that. And then on Tuesday, we're showing more serials. And then next week here on the show, on the podcast. You know what? I feel good about it. We're going to finally pull out that episode that I recorded with Chris Franklin about the movie Spider Baby. Let's do that next week. So come back for that, please. Thanks. I hope 2021 was good for you, and I hope 2022 is even better. Once again, thanks for listening to Monster Kid Radio. Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio, LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. Of course, that doesn't apply to the song Varla, O Varla. That belongs to the band J Poison and the Bat People. It's from their album Terror of the Bat People. You can find them over at jpoisonandthebatpeople.bandcamp.com. My name is Derek Kim Cook. I'll talk to everybody next week. Next year, ciao.